0: He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you.
1: Where does the prophet Daniel fit into the Christmas story? That's the question we're asking today on Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug from the church next door. Pastor Doyle's here yeah. with me. You know, we're familiar, Pastor Doyle, with angels, shepherds, wise men, all that's part of Christmas. You're saying Daniel is connected to well,
0: Christmas. Well, I think he is. I mean, I, the Bible doesn't specifically say Daniel is a part of it, okay? Right. But we know that these magi came from the East, and that's where Daniel lived, okay? Okay. And Daniel was one of these wise men, so he was part of that world and uh I think he left his scrolls. I mean, we know he read the Word of God right and and we have evidence historical evidence of this huge library, both in Babylon and in Persia, of ancient writings of of different religious groups, and right among it is is us God's people, all right. right? And it's because of Daniel. And so these guys knew about it, and that's why we still celebrate it and we remember it, because it was the beginning of the connection to the Gentile world in Jesus' ministry. And that's where we came to the faith, because without without Daniel, without the Magi, you know, uh, we
1: wouldn't have that long historical connection. So we're saying Daniel's the original wise man.
0: Well, I mean... Um, he was he was part of a cadre of of wise men that studied uh, holy scriptures and and those things
1: so yes And what was, that was like 800 700 years before yep. the birth Yep Look at the preparation that uh, God laid down and it still have an impact in our lives today that's what we want to share with you with this message we call it Christmas time restoration Do not be
0: ashamed to worship God do not believe that it's of secondary importance. Do not believe that it's not significant. Do not believe that it doesn't matter. Well, we, we realize that we have a generation that, that, that is, we'll just stop there. See, serving God, worshiping God is important. It's vital. And these guys were not afraid. It put their life at risk. They went out of their way to worship Jesus. You say, well, why would they do that? I believe there's a connection to Daniel. So Daniel, you remember the story of Daniel? You may have learned it in Sunday school. If you did not, let me help you out really quickly, all right? Daniel is a young man. He's either a teen or a preteen, all right? So that gives you hope if you're young. God uses teenagers, just saying. But it doesn't mean it'll be easy. Listen to what happened to him. So Daniel, he's, he's growing up. He's born in Judea means that he's in this region of Jerusalem and Bethlehem. He's part of the princely class of people. So he's, he's a special person. And the king of of Babylon sends his soldiers in to take over Jerusalem. They get carried away to Babylon and he's a captive. He becomes a servant in another king's empire. He's a, he's a teenager. and, and, He went from being a prince to be the servant of other princes. More than likely, he was made a eunuch. And they changed his name, we know for a fact. Now imagine that. They've taken away his potential of ever reproducing or having a family. Yet he becomes one of the most significant individuals in the Judeo-Christian history. Now think about this. He has visited twice by the archangel Gabriel. No one else has that category in all of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Mary gets visit one visit from an archangel, and she carries the Messiah. Daniel, at this young age, he, he's, he's, he's cast into another culture. They try to strip him of his identity. They say, we want you to eat this food. We want you to drink our, our energy drinks and our power bars. And he says, wait, 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 just a second. If it'd be okay with you, my friends and I, we would like just to have fresh vegetables and water, please. We want to eat only what God has produced from his earth. And we worship him. This is part of our identity. Would you mind if we eat this? And they say to them, they say, Daniel, we'll, we'll try you out. And we'll see how this works for a short period of time. If you don't look healthy, if you don't look strong, if you can't pass our SAT, our ACT, our Myers-Briggs, you name it, then, then we're going to stop this and you have to eat what we have to say. Now think about this. They wanted to control even what they ate. Hmm. Is your world trying to influence you about what you eat and drink? Do you ask God, do you thank God for your food? Do you always bow before your meal and say, God, I wouldn't even have this table, let alone the food on top of it, if it were not for you? Now, why is this unique? Because Daniel is there. He could have abandoned God, no one would have known. Who would have known? He's no longer got mom and daddy watching him. See, are you a believer when mom and dad aren't around? Teenagers? Or is that just something you do when it's convenient and they're watching you? Who are you when no one else is looking? Daniel still trusted God. Daniel still said, God, I trust you. I believe in you. I'm gonna rely on you. And somehow in the midst of all of this, It trust me, I don't believe that somehow they had Osha washing over him to make sure that the situations he was in was always healthy and good for him. He was a slave. He was a captive. But we find no bitterness in him, no anger in him. We just find wisdom. We find someone who trusts in God, who reads God's word. See, there is no scripture that says Daniel forgave his captors. But it does say that Daniel was highly esteemed by everyone. It does say that when they looked at Daniel, it was though he, he talked to God. Because he did. Daniel, did he long to go home to Jerusalem? Yes, he faced Jerusalem and prayed towards Jerusalem every day. He read the Scriptures. He read Jeremiah. He said, God, I see it. 60 years and you're going to take us back to Jerusalem. Did he get to go? Nope, Ezra and Nehemiah got to go. See, Daniel is an example to you and I of what it truly means to be wise, truly wise. And this is why Daniel forgave those because he read the Psalms. that says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Wow. He sat at the top table with the kings and the princes of his age that ran the world the way we think we run our world. But yet he worshiped God. So somewhere in this, Daniel forgave his captors and trusted God to make up the difference in his life and that he had him there for a purpose. Daniel was a truly wise person. Be a Daniel or a Daniela, okay? Choose to forgive those that have harmed you and trust God to make up the difference. Listen to what it says about Daniel. This is in Daniel chapter 1. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. So they entered the king's service, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the kings questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, that would be the magi, and the enchanters of his whole kingdom. See, in the kingdoms of of Persia and Mede and uh, Chaldea, they had these gentlemen and probably ladies too. We don't know all the details to that, but they were spiritually intuitive and they guided their life by trying to believe there was a spiritual realm and there was a physical realm. Influencing and affecting the world in which we live and that we trust the authority, the creator over all the realms. You see, that's what Daniel got. And Daniel He was the highest among all these people. He was ranked higher than the others. In Daniel chapter 5, there is a man, Daniel, in your kingdom, who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods, your father. King Nebuchadnezzar appointed him chief of the magi, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. That's because he had such insight. See, Daniel was above all of these guys. Daniel had all this authority. We know that Daniel wrote things down. We have the book of Daniel. We also have the record that he wrote things down for the kings. He was keeping records. There were people that followed him. He wrote things in Babylon. He wrote things in Persia because he served two different kingdoms over time as the kings moved. He was a power, powerful player. And it was because he sought God for spiritual truth and followed God. God, that he was set apart from all the others. If you want to be an exceptional person, read the word of God, study the world you're in, and interpret the world according to God's standard. We have a lot of people that today want to reinterpret the Bible according to what their experience has been. And sometimes you're in my experiences, we misinterpret them. If Daniel had interpreted his experience from his childhood to his arrival in Babylon, according to the standard of this world, he would be angry, he would be bitter, he would be considered a victim, he would be considered someone who was downtrodden. He did not. He believed that God's hand was on his life. How can that be? Because he forgave and he trusted God to make up the difference. He understood abuse. Hello. They took away his manhood. Daniel is a testimony that you can be single for your entire life and serve God and add great value to the kingdom. Singles, way to go. Does that mean we're against marriage? No. Why does it have to be one is good and the other is bad? What is wrong with our world? Can we not accept the diversity, the creation as it is? See, Daniel was was exceptional. Daniel is a biblical example of forgiveness. He forgave his captors and God blessed him. Daniel is an example of forgiveness. Of also understanding. He he looked to the word of God. He also looked to spiritual matters and he sought God for the he fasted and he prayed. We know that that he allowed what went into his mouth to impact the way he lived for God at times. In his youth, he said, Give us the vegetables and the water. Later in life, he fasted for 21 days, and that's when the angels showed up. See, you and I, there are physical things that have spiritual impact. So when these these magi roll in, why did they roll in? Because they understood that certain physical choices and decisions we make have spiritual impact that can affect us for all eternity. And they knew that if they were willing to make the effort, take the time, I mean, think about this. When they saw the star rising, they went and grabbed their treasure and said, let's get going. Their first response to what God was doing in the earth was, God, I want to be a part of it. And they gathered as much of their inheritance, as much of their treasure. And they said, God, what can I do? What can I do to be a part? And they worshiped him. That's an amazing, amazing testimony, is it not? think about it. Every continent of the world today, you can go to every continent of the world today and you're going to hear the testimony of the Magi. Why? Because Daniel established something. Daniel established that there are individuals that seek God no matter what's happened to them. There are individuals that trust God and believe that God is the one that's in control, that God is moving. They made Jesus Lord of their life. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, when they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, as mother, they fell to the ground at his feet and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests full of gifts and presents, presented him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. There's, there's lots of discussion about, well, why the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh? Well, Gold certainly indicates something worthy of his divinity, that he's the son of God. I know you and I love gold because it represents wealth. It was probably very helpful for their escape to Egypt. It probably wasn't a bad thing to have, right? A little bit of resource. But you have to understand in God's economy that gold is, is nothing more than what they make the streets of. That's like asphalt, pavement, or concrete. But I imagine it. As Jesus grew up, he knew, God, you're going to take care of every need I have. The, the frankincense and the myrrh, the, these, are, these are spices that were used in, in, in preparing someone for burial, meaning one day he's going to have a special death. The other is, is part of worship and, 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 and the, the beautiful fragrance that up, goes up before God. Everything about Jesus' life was, you were designed from beginning to end, from your birth to your death, to restore the world to the order that it was intended. And these are reminders of that. And you can go to any continent of the world today and people are considering the testimony of the history of the Magi today. You'll see every culture now has some story of it now. Why? Because there is a wisdom that can come from God and from following him. It's the power of Jesus when you make him Lord. When they first saw him, they bow down and worship. The reason we've come today is to worship him. The reason we sing is to worship him. To say, God, I, I cannot fix my life. I need restoration. I come before you. I'm broken. As Jesus is on the cross... Look what he says. Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. They divided up his clothes by casting lots. Listen, folks. He had nothing of value left they have him in, 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 next to nothing. And they take his clothes and they, they sell them at thrift store prices. And he says, forgive them. They don't understand. Listen, the world doesn't understand. They didn't have Daniel-like wisdom. You do. You're here today to worship the king, to understand that, that the cross is your restoration. If you'll bring your forgiveness... If someone has harmed you the way Daniel's been harmed, if someone has harmed you, abused you, taken advantage of you, if you'll come to the cross and say, God, they've sinned against me, but I place that sin on the cross and I ask you, God, to clean up the mess, to make up the difference. Listen, confessing that and asking God to do that, when you forgive that person, it doesn't end sin. Sin will continue to go on in this world until Christ Jesus returns the second time, and then he's going to judge everything, and then it's done. There will be no more sin, but there will be no more time to repent. And this season, the reason the world is shaken is so you and I can evaluate our lives and see what's truly important, and we can choose to forgive. We can choose to repent of hanging on to our bitterness, our anger, our rage. See, if we will forgive, what God does is that he comes in and he breaks the hold that that Unforgiveness and that sin has on our life. And then we say, God, we're trusting you and your cross to make up the difference, and that God, you'll take out of your wealth and your riches and you will make up the difference in my life where these people have harmed me. That's what forgiveness is. That's what Jesus said. He said, God, don't hold it against them. Place it on the cross with me today, and then maybe they can have a fresh start. That's Christmas. You get to have a fresh start, a new life. The question is, can I do it? I can't do this. I can't forgive them. You don't know what they did to me, pastor. You don't know the abuse that I've suffered. Remember, remember Joseph? Another wise man in his generation, his, his brother sold him into slavery, told his dad that, that he was murdered by a lion. They had a whole cover-up scheme and everything. He gets sold into slavery, goes to Egypt. He's accused of rape. Thrown into prison? Talk about a reason that had a, a guy that had a reason to be bitter. His brothers finally show up because they need food, and he's got all the food for the universe. He looks at them and he said, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. It's okay. That's forgive. Be like Daniel. Be like Joseph. Be like Jesus. Forgive them. They know not what they do. That's the message of Christmas. Restoration can only come through that. Matthew chapter 18, Peter, one of the disciples, he comes to Jesus and he asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? We know his brother, one of his brothers was Andrew. Huh? Wonder what Andrew did. Up to seven times. So So Peter thinks he's being magnanimous. He says seven times, and then Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. You could translate that seven times 70. There's two ways. That's even worse than 77 times, isn't it? What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, just keep forgiving. Just keep forgiving. You say, does that mean I I have to keep hanging out with that person that was so abusive to me? I didn't say that. Forgive them. Some people, if they have not repented, if they have not stopped the abusive behavior, it's wisdom on your part not to be within their influence over your life. Okay? You can forgive them, step away, and let God make up the difference in your life. I tell you that because sometimes we think we have to... There's a a whole... Here's the principle from Jesus, Matthew 11. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So Jesus says, whenever you're praying, whenever you open up your Bible, whenever you sit down and just have your time with me, and you welcome my Holy Spirit to speak to you, and you're looking to my word, you're functioning like a Daniel or a Daniela. You're looking at the world around you, trying to interpret how to live in this world from a scriptural point of view, a godly way of view, and somehow the Holy Spirit prompts you and they bring some person to your mind. And the first thought about that person is, oh my, oh me, something not good, forgive them. Because God is presenting them to you so that you can say, God, I forgive them. They know not what they do. And I'm trusting you to clean up the mess that they've made in my life so that I might move on and I might be healthy and that I might worship you in spirit and truth, that I might
1: live under your grace every day. Pastor Doyle, we are so thankful we have so many people listening to Your Next Step. Yeah. Love to uh, talk with them a little bit more. Well, I
0: would. You know, I, every, uh, every week I get emails from people, but I find there's other people though. I don't know how to contact you. So if you'll just email me at pastor at tcnd.org. That's type out the word pastor and then the at sign tcnd, which is the church next door.org. And I will actually respond to the email, because I love to hear your questions about the Bible and the church next door, and uh, I can tell you this, in the new year, we're going to have some more resources for you, so you want to be on our email list, we want to encourage you, we want to help you grow closer to God. That's really our dream, to help you be a fully committed follower of Jesus.
1: Texting can help uh, here as well. They That's can text right. us at 888-644-4034, again, 888 888- 644-4034. We will ask for your name once we get your first text, but that'll yeah. put you in touch with us and you know we can share some information. Well, that's my preferred
0: method of communication is texting because um, I just I can deal with it really quickly
1: and everything. So I, I encourage you to text us. Or check the website, t-c-n-d, TCND, thechurchnextdoor.org is going to bring you to our website. That's right. Or you can always go to thechurchnextdoor.org. So hope to hear from you as we move into the new year. We would love to keep this relationship going. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms.
0: I really need you to help me right now, because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful and it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing? Just listen intently and agree in your heart that God might move. You know, I love kids and I have so many friends that have adopted children. So today we're going to pray for children and for adoption. Lord, we know that you're a fruitful God, that that from the very beginning, you wanted us to be fruitful, that, that children are important to you, that you have a heart for children and widows and orphans. And so, Lord, we have aligned our lives with you. We have aligned our lives with being fruitful. Now, we, we, realize, we realize that the world in which we live has had some very negative attitudes towards children in the womb. And we know that we've been participants, whether that was willing or unwilling or just confused. But today we come because we're asking you for more children in our world. Some of us right now, we've been praying for children and others have been praying for grandchildren. We have, we have friends, Lord, that have desired to be pregnant and we agree with them right now. We pray that we will still see more children come into life. Others of us, Lord, we, you've been tugging at our heartstrings and you've been saying, I need you to take in an orphan. And God, we've been frightened by that. Lord, we're praying today, if that is the answer that you seek, if it's time for us to, to welcome children into our lives, we want you to know, God, God, you are the lord of life you are our father in heaven and we're saying we want to see more children come and god we know that that may mean miracles you may have to open up adoption agencies and pathways you may have to open up wombs god you may have to create these children in miraculous situations and we say yes to the miracle of life amen Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today, as one of our friends and part of this ministry, to go to your next com, and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address. Your email address at your next com, and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry.
1: Your next step is the ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit DoyleJackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E Jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888 888- Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.